This is the best of Sports Channel 8, the radio show podcast. Part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. Now here's the best of today's Sports Channel 8, the radio show. Show. It's going to be interesting to see what people say about the music on this show. Because if you only identify with the music you don't like, then everyone's going to hate us, right? Because if you don't like... If you don't like Ninth Wonder. Well, if you don't like rap music, then you're going to hear rap music on our show and be like, oh, they always play rap music. Sure. If you don't like country, you're going to hear this and be like, oh, God, country. If you don't like Broadway... Deal with it. We're <laughs> yeah. playing Broadway. Then you need to get. You need to like Broadway. You, be, you better get some. Yeah. You better ask somebody. Jonathan Rand and I are playing Broadway music. I, I just. I mean, but this is all North Carolina stuff. You I know? just. It, it's easy. Yes. The, the common trend is that we play North Carolina music. Sometimes we have to stretch the definition of what North Carolina music is. But I feel like it might work against us. I feel like overall, you know, it's almost like we should just pick a certain flavor. And everyone who likes that flavor will always say, man, that show has the best music. And everyone else would just be like, eh, it's not for me, right? Okay. But when we move it around, it's almost just too much diversity. People people don't, people don't, aren't going to like it. Again, people that like one thing are going to say, oh, I hate this other thing. But see, I, I feel like I've already lost to BG because he played more Ninth Wonder, so uh, I'm going to be out. Well, we're not trying to make anybody happy. <laughs> we're just trying to make ourselves happy. This is music we like. That's fine. And with North Carolina That's ties. That's accurate. That's accurate. I think we played, did I hear a little super chunk earlier in the show? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And, of course, they do our theme song, as always. I meant to mention it when you played that, but something else was going on as we came back in. It's fine. All right. Before we talk to East Carolina head coach Mike Houston, I've got a couple audio bits either from him or by him specifically or from another interview that I thought was interesting. Because one of the things that we're definitely going to talk about is NC State beating down East Carolina last year. Now, this is doubly interesting because Mike Houston faced NC State last year but he only lost by 11 points, I believe it was, even though he had an FCS squad. And then the NC State play, uh, the ECU players lost by 50 to Mike Houston. So no, to NC State. To, to NC State. Yeah. Excuse me. I'm sorry. So yes, J- James Madison lost by 11, led by Mike Houston. Played state pretty tough. I, I mean, that's a moral mm-hmm. victory when you're in FCS it was school playing an FCS. 17 school. to 13 in the fourth quarter. Like yes. it was a. A t- hard game, a tough game for NC State. And then East Carolina almost kind of quitting on the season, uh, loses in NC State by 50. So Mike Houston, and this is also interesting because, you know, coaches want to stay as far away from any talk of gambling or the spread. But it, he was very clear about one thing when he talked to our friend Josh Graham at the Sports Hub in the Triad. And I see our intern Nick, who is an NC State student currently, <laughs> he's, he's saying – he gave me an eye roll as if it's going to be another 58-3 to win. What do you got to say to intern Nick and the other NC State fans out there? Put some money on it. <laughs> All right. All right. That's what I'm about from Mike take Houston the, here. Take, take the spread. <laughs> All right. Now, uh, to, to, again, to clarify. We're, we're gonna have to, we're, I'm going to yes. have to get on his gambling terminology with him. Yes, <laughs> Just, because it was not actually the spread. He was saying take the spread if the spread that somebody offers you is the same 55 points that we lost by, right? He was 
Josh Grant was saying, hey, I'm an ECU grad, so I'm pulling for you. My intern, the NC State guy, is rolling his eyes at the thought of ECU pulling an upset. And he says, what do you think about the possibility of ECU losing by 55 again? And Mike Houston says, basically, we ain't losing by 55. All right? We may not win. He's realistic about their chances and about you know this being a growth year. But he's like, we ain't losing by no dang 55. Because basically, you have to quit to lose by 55. So he was saying... I was not actually talking gambling or giving gambling advice, but he's saying to your snotty intern who thinks that NC State's going to beat us by 55, he's like, tell him to put his money where his mouth is because that ain't happening. Also, that's such, a, that's such a young state fan, young, naive state. Yeah, oh, yeah, like, I'll bet no, this happens all 55. the time. Yeah, 55, uh, we can beat him by that again. Bless, no, bless his heart. He wasn't giving – I would never obviously sit here and say that – he nor any coaches involved with anything when nope. it comes to lines or anything like that. But I think he did move he the moved number. He moved the spread? It was 20 and a half like three weeks ago, and the number's now 16 and a half. So I think Mike Houston moved the number so, with his comments. Or maybe Vegas took him at face value. They were like, man, he's that confident about the spread. Maybe we need to rein it in a little bit. But no, he was merely talking about the hypothetical 55-point spread. I will take... If anybody wants ECU or NC State minus, minus 55. fifty-five, I will take the ECU plus fifty-five for whatever the money. I um, I'm not going to take that. I've got more. <laughs> I also have confidence in Mike Houston, and Mike Houston joins us right now to talk about ECU versus NC State. Joining us now from Greenville is the first-year East Carolina Pirates head coach Mike Houston. He played at Mars Hill. Formerly a coach at James Madison University, the Citadel, Lenore Ryan before that, Brevard as a defensive coordinator, and before that, he was at T.C. Robertson in Asheville for close to a decade. Coach, i got to ask you, first of all, since you played there, how did Mars Hill never offer you a job? <laughs> I don't know. Well, because uh, Coach Clifton, who was my coach, uh, and that staff, they're still there, You know, which is crazy gotcha. to think about the longevity. Um, but, uh, you know, they've done a great job there and, uh, have consistently won and, uh, and I'm very close to them. Obviously they helped me get into the coaching profession. Uh, but yeah, you know, I have to ask coach, you know, he never did offer me a job. It seems like he would have earned one, but I also got to ask you, it's not the, <laughs> the, the most typical career path to spend 10 years no. in high school coaching before you go right. to, to college. And I know it was kind of a unique situation. Brevard was, I guess, restarting their program. But Correct. When, when you were a successful coach up there in Asheville in the high school ranks, did you ever even think that you might get into college? I mean, it looks like you were one of those guys that we've seen in North Carolina that might coach 40 years and win you know, eight or 10 state titles. Well, that was that was the plan, yeah. you know. I I was happy, you know. I was uh, recently married, and uh, you know, my wife and I were enjoying, uh, you know, starting out our our life together there in Asheville, and uh, you know, I just I'd never given it a whole lot of thought, and then uh, when the Brevard deal uh, started up, uh, I had just finished coaching the North Carolina Shrine Bowl team. Yep. And uh, so Bobby Poss was the head coach starting, restarting the program there at Brevard, and he was uh, trying to convince me to uh, come along as his defensive coordinator. And uh, I think I turned him down, you know, three times, but he was pretty persistent. And, you know, I just – I'd always wondered if I would enjoy uh, the college coaching life. And so I figured, you know, I could, I could try it there without moving. We just built a house. And uh, and it was a, an opportunity for me to uh, just see if I liked it. 
and uh, you know, instantly, you know, I, I loved it. Uh, I was there at Bavard for six months, and then Fred Goldsmith got the head coaching job at uh, Lenore Rhine, and uh, I went with him to be his defensive coordinator there uh, that winter. All right, and you said you turned down the uh, Brevard job three times. What what was it that finally won you over? The right bottle of wine, as we've seen. I think I think, it, uh, it, I, I think the the combination of wondering if that's something I had wanted to do, um, just finishing the experience with the Shrine Bowl, which is you know you're you're there with those kids, you recruit them all year, really sure. evaluate them all year, not recruit them, but evaluate them all year to choose the team, much like recruiting. Uh, you spend an entire week doing nothing but football. So it is not the same, but maybe just a capsule, maybe a look into it. And I thought, you know, hey, I might I might really enjoy this. So I decided to, uh, you know, to give it a try. And I remember the first day, the the first day I, I, I took the job, I had a buddy who was at uh, UNC at the time, uh, who's still a close friend, and then I had a, another head coach at a uh, a local SCS program, who they both called me and they said, Mike, you, 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 all you had to do is let us know. You know, <laughs> if you wanted to try the college thing, just just let us know. We'd have found you something with us. But uh, it all worked out the way it should. I mean, it's it was the perfect transition for me, uh, going from a high school coach uh, to the college uh, level because they're so they're so much different. And I had to learn so much, uh, and really, I was able to do that, uh, you know, there early on at Brevard, uh, and then able to learn from Coach Goldsmith at Lenore Ryan. I was able to make some mistakes uh, and recover from those mistakes, and really kind of mold, you know, kind of who I wanted to be. So I think it was the perfect uh, kind of path, uh, you know, for me uh, to lead me to where I am today. Hey, Coach, this is Josh. Uh, I actually grew up in LaGrange, North Carolina, down near there, near Kinston, Kinston and Goldsboro yeah. area, which I'm sure you're getting familiar with. And um, yeah. as Hayes told you prior to, to you coming on, we are a different show. We are we are fans of certain teams. I'm actually an NC State fan. I, gra- I married an East Carolina grad and um, – just like a okay, I'm I'm good with half your half your house. <laughs> as as are most people that I come in, you know come into contact with, <laughs> right? Uh, and and um between her and just the the fan base in general down there, the excitement, the rejuvenation of of the program is is something that that I'm already seeing. They're excited about this specific game as well. I I am not one of those state guys who who you know brushes off the East Carolina game. I think it's actually one of the most fun games in in the state of North Carolina that you can be a part of. But this year's a little different. You. You're preparing to face. See if you can follow me here, okay? You're preparing to face NC State, who you coached against last year and lost by 11. But you're preparing with players who played NC State, who lost by a lot of points, and you're you're still playing NC State this year. How right? Just how crazy is that? Um, in preparation for the it, game coming up yeah. this week, it is certainly a unique situation. Uh, Coach Doran and I talked about that uh, back this summer when we were at a. A charity event together, and uh, it's something you, you certainly don't see that very often. Um, but you know the programs uh, that you're talking about, James Madison here, are, they were in different situations when they faced NC State last year. You know that that group at JMU. You know, in fact, that entire roster is back this year. I think they've got a great chance to win the national championship at that level. Uh, and that's you know that's a roster that we had worked very hard to put together, and it fit. You know, it fit us, and so that was a team that was really prepared to play at a very, very high level. Um, that team that played at the end of the year last year against NC State, 
you know, that whole deal was really in, in kind of disarray. Um, you know, the fourth straight losing season, uh, a season that had really ended badly. Uh, Coach Montgomery being let go earlier that week. Uh, a lot of uncertainty around the program. Uh, Holt Naylor's and a lot of other players uh, out and not dressed to play in that game. Uh, so the situations with those two games are really you know not very comparable, uh, just because of those factors. Uh, and I think that you know the factor surrounding this game isn't very comparable either because you know now you have um, I do think that obviously there's 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 been stability for years at NC State. Coach Doran's done a great job uh, building that program there. Uh, he's done a great job recruiting in the state of North Carolina. Um, you know they have a solid roster. Uh, he's done a good job everywhere he's been. Uh, so you know they are they graduated some players, they lost some coaches, but they will still be a very solid roster, a very solid ball club. They'll be one of the better teams in the ACC this year. Um, us, I think we have stability now. Also, uh, I think that uh, you have a roster that's very motivated and very uh, determined to right the ship here in Greenville. Uh, I think this game is a big game for them because of the way last season ended. Uh, but I think the big thing is just they're excited to get out there and start showing people that that's not uh, who they are and that's not, you know, they didn't come here to ECU to, to, to play like that and represent the university like that. So uh, I think that, you know, all three games have a lot of the same uh, people, but uh, the variables surrounding them are quite different. Uh, Coach Mike Houston of the East Carolina Pirates joining us. Coach, if I Google your name on YouTube, unfortunately, I do not get a lot of highlights from your days at Mars Hill. The, those have not been <laughs> uploaded. You have to get somebody doing that. But I don't know if there's, I don't know how much video there is from back then. Well, whatever it is, I'm sure it's highlights, all touchdown catches. But uh, when no I go, when I Google your name on YouTube, though, I do get several of your pregame speeches, which I guess became so legendary along the way. And at James Madison, there was blogs even ranking them. Uh, what's your your best overall one? You have some great lines in there. I got to ask you, do you practice? these things do you look in a mirror and and see how much you fire yourself up like what's your no. what's your pre-game pre-game speech look like now nah, i you know, each one of them are a, a culmination of kind of everything that goes into that game as far as preparation with our team uh and to me you know those moments all they are is us me discussing with our team the same things we've discussed all week, uh, maybe more in a little intense fashion. Uh, but you know, there's if you look at all of them, I'm sure there's traits uh, from each of those about how we want our teams to play. And 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 here at ECU, it'll be no different. Uh, I've only ever used one staged speech, and it was one a buddy of mine, the guy, my buddy that was at Carolina years ago. His name's Andre Powell. He's a special teams coordinator at Pitt now. Sure. Um, but uh, he he had one that his coach at Indiana had used before they beat Ohio State, and it was the best thing I'd ever heard. It was the lock the gates and throw away the key speech. I've seen and that. So you do have to have you do have to have a little bit of a prop for that because you got to have a key. Gotcha. You know. So, uh, but and, and that one that's you you got to have the right set of circumstances for it too. But that's the only one I've ever kind of planned ahead of time. Uh, but uh, and certainly that that one turned out pretty good. So, so no problem. Uh, no props, no, no this, props this Saturday no. in Raleigh. No, no. Yeah, you be, you better you better be careful if you're the kid that's standing right in front of me. They 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 kind of learn to put the young ones up front, <laughs> and the, old, the older guys get a couple of, a couple of people back because you know, I get pretty animated sometimes. Nice.
Coach, we'll let you go after this. Uh, you've been in Greenville now for about what, eight, eight or nine months or so. Uh, what's the restaurant scene like down there? Where, where are your go-to spots? And, you know, whether it's in Greenville or even recruiting around the east, I know there's there's Chef and the Farmer down in Kinston. There's barbecue all over course, the place. Of course, Goodson's going to mention Chef and the Farmer. <laughs> but uh, has there been any places that you've, um, you know, you and your wife and your family have decided, you know, these are our spots to go to? You know, unfortunately, we haven't got to try many uh, just with the, with the schedule being the way it's been. Uh, we have tried a couple here locally. We went to Nino's the other night to celebrate uh, my wife's birthday, and it was outstanding. Great little Italian place here in, in, uh, in Greenville. And then the Rick House, we, we yep. went there during uh, recruiting. Uh, and just a, a great scene right there. I've heard of Chef and Farmer that's on the list. Uh, along with a lot of other restaurants here locally. So we do look forward to trying those out. If you beat NC State, you'll be able to get a reservation at any of them. Uh, if, if, the, if the season doesn't go as well as you want, you just talk to Josh. He can get you a reservation at all these places in Eastern North Carolina. Hey, I'd, I'd, I'd rather earn it than have somebody help me out. So and let's, uh, let's try for that. I have no doubt that you, that you will. Best of luck on a great season uh, in East Carolina, and best of luck uh, this Saturday versus NC State. Thanks a lot. Appreciate you guys having me on. Thanks so go much, Pirates. Coach. He is Mike Houston, the first-year coach of East Carolina, and he gets to open it up with a rivalry game. Yes, a rivalry game versus NC State. You're with me on that, right? I, I am. There's levels of rivalries, but this is definitely a rivalry game. The two uh, two schools that probably trade the most on their football programs in the state, is that fair to say? Um, I, I, people get mad when you try and qualify things, but uh, probably the best two tailgating scenes in the state. Uh, and then a lot of folks who live somewhere in between Raleigh and Greenville that uh, that attended one or both of those schools sometimes, depending on graduate stuff. I, d- I feel like if 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 your game actually comes t- down to the old cliche throughout the record books, like then then it's a rivalry game. Like when NC State plays right. North Carolina or or Duke sure. in, yes. a, in, it a, in a sport, in, it ba- in basketball, like Duke may be great, yeah. UNC may be great, but NC State's probably going to play as hard as they can that game above any other game. Fortunately, we can throw out the record book easily for the first game of the season because it's 0-0, baby. Throw out the records. It's 0-0. All right. In case you did not know what I was talking about when I talked to Mike Houston about his pregame speeches, which are becoming legendary, um, or at least they did at James Madison where he was very successful as an FCS program and was often playing deep into the, the FCF playoffs. Uh, let, give give a little taste of what Mike Houston sounds like when he's firing up the troops before a game. To the front gate of the damn stadium. That's what that is. Alright? And we've locked the gates to this stadium. Okay? You come into our house, you stand between us and what we want, and you run your mouth, and you disrespect us, and you talk, and you say you want another piece of us. Well, guess what? They're getting ready to get another piece of us. Hey. And we're locking the damn gates. They're throwing away the team. There he is, locking the gates and throwing away the key. He claims that that was his only, like, canned speech. He says the rest of them are basically things he's been saying during the week about, you know, focus and energy and intensity and all this stuff. But then he admitted that maybe he dials it up just a little bit uh, for this. I'd be interested, Dave Doran has never seemed like a pregame speech guy. Now, that doesn't mean he hasn't found time to to pick words and say them say them in a way that you knew conveyed intensity. The most famous ones being, and and I should have it printed out in front of me so I could get them exactly right. But basically, when he says this is a blue collar school, it's the ones that they've they've printed these up mm-hmm. somewhere now, right? And that was Dave Doran 
doing his version of Mike Houston, but doing it differently. I don't think Dave Doran is a screaming guy, but I think he's a guy who could say, you, you can tell when he's giving you the quote unquote pregame speech when he's like, hey, listen, listen up. All right. We are a blue collar school. We're going to get this done. Now, it's a little bit easier to position yourself as a blue collar school when you're going against UNC, which you are positioning as the sort of uh, silver spoon school, if you will. But when you're going against ECU, I'm curious how Dave Doran tries to position himself uh, or position, you know, NC State and its aura as it takes on ECU and how he, how he tries to describe itself. Because you can't quite do the same thing. You can't. ECU is probably the hungrier program in mm-hmm. this sense. They're trying to – they could put a stamp on their whole season just by beating NC State. They could could beat NC State and then win only three or four games all year. And as long as they're competitive in some other ones and don't quit towards the end of the season, which is some of what we saw under Scotty Montgomery, they could say this was a great year and build off this NC State win. They are the hungrier squad, I think, going into this. So Dave Doran, his pregame speech challenge has got to be something along the lines of, you know, almost like what uh, – Mike Houston was saying in the in the lock the gate speech, like basically we don't let anybody come in here and do this. So we'll be curious to see if Mike Houston um, brings any props. He says he was not planning on anything, and I'm guessing he also didn't doesn't want to come out of the gate too hot because he got, he's got 11 more games after this, and hopefully a long career, several other games uh, after this. But an interesting guy, Mike Houston. He mentioned some of the places he's going to eat in North. Eastern North Carolina. One question we didn't get to with him that would have been an obvious one, but hopefully we'll have him back on. We one of the class. What's the? I'll give you two guesses at it because it's always one of the first two, and it's okay if you get one wrong. What are the two most classic North Carolina debates? They're almost cliche. They're not even like barbecue. Fun barbecue, Eastern style versus Western style, and what's the other? Beach in the mountains. The beach versus the mountains. Absolutely. And Mike Houston is a guy who grew up in the mountains and grew up coaching in the mountains, basically you know, built his whole career up there. First at T.C. Robertson in Asheville, and we talked to him about how it's um, not the usual college head coaching path to spend 10 years at high school before you even get started. And then he coached at uh, other places up there in the mountains, Brevard, Lenore Ryan, all sort of in the western part of the state. And now... He's down there on the coast. We we have to see if he gets into boating or if he just tries to find other places to go hiking. I could see him sneaking down to Little Washington. I, I he definitely seems like a guy who could fit in yeah. Greenville. I mean, I he, I get the sense that if that's it, the best thing about this hire, he it sounds crazy, but Greenville needed a guy who could fit in but, at Greenville. Scotty Montgomery, pro- great guy, probably good fo- good fo- fo- football coach, coordinator. But just never felt like he clicked with Eastern North Carolina. Yep. Ruffin McNeil did, Skip Holtz did, Steve Logan did, and it sounds like it seems like Mike Houston is that guy. That's a very good point. Almost like um, Mac Brown and Chapel Hill, where people it's it's less about you know how good you think he's going to be, and Carolina fans are just like nah nah, like he gets us, he gets us. He wants to glad hand the media, and and he, he definitely wants to win. He cares about winning, but it seems like a guy that could hang out and live in Chapel Hill. Mike Houston seems like a guy. Who could hang out and live in Greenville? Sports Channel like the radio show. Jonathan Rand on the bumps. Now, this this one would have Brian Geiser conflicted because on the one hand, he'd be like, look, 
I try and pick these solid bumps, and then Rand comes in here and plays country music. I'm not knocking country music. Many people like it. I know some good country music, but it would not be what Brian Geisinger would put That's on fun. the sheet. I'm right? We're dabbling. However, we're dabbling. this is Luke Combs, yep, right? This is. And he's trying to get points in the background cup because there's a lyric in this song that is, she was a Carolina blue jean baby. Mm. Try to, songs with points. songs with the the word Carolina in it gets get you bonus points. Yeah, do, do, does Luke Combs cheer for UNC? Do we know this? Uh, I mean, who's he getting points for? He's a big Gardner Webb no, guy. Him. What you know, Luke he, Combs can't win the Mac Brown? Like Eric Church up. can <laughs> definitely be in it. Yeah, no, Eric Church can win points for App State. Yes. That's where he went, right? I think you got it. No, I have to I find think, out. I have to find out. We'll have him on. An individual cannot be competing for the Mac Brown State Championship. They can get points for their school. We just had to find out who Luke Combs went. He went to Appalachian. Luke Combs went to App too? Yeah. Man. Man. App State's going to get some huge bonus points from the country music contingency. We need Zach Galifianakis to uh, to start doing some country music for, <laughs> for Did, Are Luke Combs and Eric Church, were they in like a country music fraternity together mm. at App State? All I know is... Uh, can of can of dip. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Did you just come up with that yeah. on the top of your head? That was good. Can of can of dip. Y'all, hey, what are the best the country, country like <laughs> country related fraternity names? We're not doing that. We're not doing that. Y'all missed out because uh, as I was jamming out to Luke Combs on the Opal, Moose is singing, singing along, and it was great. We're not taking nominees said, for, your country, for your country music fraternity. We are not taking country music fraternity nominations, Josh, but. We might take nominations for what we could call the NC State East Carolina game. It's not an every year rivalry, but it's definitely a rivalry. Although it is, is it is it state fans' chances? Is it state fans' chance to use the line that they hate used against them? Not the little our bro- rival and the little brother, the little brother, the not uh, our rival. Yeah, I guess. Who does ECU get to do that to? Oh God! Like Pitt Community College. <laughs> J.H. Rose. Moose said Pembroke. Safety, well, bring, him, bring Moose on here. Why are we letting him language down there? He is the weather, Moose, and he's down in Johnston County. Sometimes he brings us the weather, but on Tuesdays, he comes with a bag full of tales from Joko. We decide, is that a real tale from Johnston County or just a weather Moose made-up tale from Johnston County? What's up, Moose? Hey, boys. How you doing today? So, who does – wow, the, the uh, Opal sounds good. You must be up on the highest pole in Johnston County. I uh, I got uh, – I brought you all this beautiful weather, so I took a couple of days off. We're going to see how it goes. I've got me – I'm out hiking. Moose, doing some- congrats on the weather. It has been really good, but don't don't uh, don't fool us. We know there's a hurricane out there in the water. <laughs> yeah. I've seen, <laughs> gonna, I've seen it. Ain't even going to talk about that thing out there. Yeah, don't even worry about that. Well, that's, you're, you're on brand for not talking about a hurricane. You're, you're the weather guy. What? Uh, can, you can't tell us anything about the hurricane? People are talking. I, I see local I, news people uh, tweeting about it. What's happening? Them, them, them local news folks just trying to drum up some ratings. I wouldn't worry about old Dorian right now. Seems like he's headed for uh, the east coast of Florida if I had to make my best estimation. You, is his name? You said Doran? Like the Dorian. football coach at Hurricane NC State? Doran? No, not not Dave Doran now. Dave, this is Hurricane Dorian. Dorian. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, I, I do right. I do think the uh the hurricane has Virginia Tech fans triggered because they're they're all they're all, they're, <laughs> they're instinctively mad at East Carolina this week for uh, some reason. So all right, what's uh, what's happening down in Johnson County, Weather Moose? 
All right, I got a quick story for you. Uh, just came off the wire. I got my little piece of paper right here. A Johnston County man was arrested once again for criminal trespassing. All right. 52-year-old Delwood Arthur Barwell was recently arrested for trespassing at the Swallowing Dove Pentecostal Holiness Church just outside Anger in far western Johnston County. Barwell, who the locals called Dab, was recently released from jail after spending 429 consecutive days behind bars for trespassing offenses at the same church. This arrest marks the 38th trespassing offense for Barwell at this church location. How do you get past 30? I'm telling you, each time he's arrested, he's thrown into the county jail by deputies. Upon release, officers are then called out to the church again on complaints that he has returned. The rumors in the area surrounding the church indicates that this all stems from bad blood between Barwell and the church's pastor, Billy D. Thompson Sr. At press time, no rumors could be substantiated. We uh, we attempted to make contact with members of the church about the issue, but were met with uh, a little bit of resistance. Here's what uh, here's what they had to say. <laughs> it was really ridiculous. Uh-huh. That's all they did. Uh huh. So it it, it, uh, it really it I, wasn't helpful whatsoever. But you do hear the the farm animals. Yeah, in the I was background, say, did so I hear some, legit. Did I hear some goats in the background? That's right. That's making so, it seem much more Joko. Um, in total, Barwell has spent a total of two thousand thirty nine days in jail, serving time or awaiting trial. His trespassing issues began in twenty twelve, and he spent a majority of the months since then sitting in jail. Mr. Barwell never posts bail, choosing rather to spend his days just hanging out at the county jail. And uh, just so you guys are, are aware, his uh, behavior record as a prisoner is completely clean. Well, there we go. Um, yeah. Upon his last arrest, we did manage to snap a quick clip of Barwell talking to reporters before he was placed in the deputy's car. Here's what we got. I'll be back. So... All right. All right. That, I, what do you What do you guys think? Is this Is this a, a true true story? All right. Is this a real story from Johnson County or a fake story from Johnson County? It's always hard to tell because sometimes Moose brings audio that I'm quite sure is not authentic and from Johnson County, but the actual they, story itself could be. Josh Goodson, how you feeling about this? Real story from Joko or a fake made up story? Fake fake story yeah it sounds like uh are you pulling headlines are you i mean pulling plot lines from uh, righteous gemstones is that is that what this is i'm going fake right. fake johnson county story oh well righteous gemstones is a is an outstanding series if you don't watch it y'all to get into it and i can't you know this is sort of like one of them things you know everybody ever saw unsolved mysteries where they haven't had to recreate things and mm-hmm. so that's where the audio comes in but this is a True Johnston County story. What? I had to change the names to protect the stupid, but I'll go ahead and tell you what it is now. The actual name of the trespasser is Elton Eugene Bryant, and he's trespassing at the Piney Grove Chapel Baptist Church near Andrew. 
He's been arrested uh, 13 to 14 times. I can't get a solid number for criminal trespass. He yep. always returns to the church, yes. threatens the pastor and patrons, and no one really knows why. But I can tell you that after one conviction, he was ordered to undergo a psychological evaluation and the results of which have been sealed. But I do believe we can say he's a certifiable crazy person. All right, man. I bet he's on the prayer list, too, at the church he, now. He, well, yeah, he probably is. Man arrested for trespassing for the 13th time. How are you related to this guy again, Moose? Uh, well, he's uh, uh, my uh, third cousin's distant uh, sister-in-law's brother, if I remember right. That but, is uh, quite Joko. As we always love to say out here in Johnston County, bless his heart. So that that's what you got, boys. Um, all right, point of order, uh, is Andrew technically in Johnston County there? I didn't say in Andrew. I said just outside mm. Andrew. Ah, okay, all right. So we, we, we're checking you there. But no, yep. the, the Piney Grove Baptist Church off 210 in Western Joko. That's all right. right. That is this week's Tales from Johnston County. Uh, you stumped us on that one. Soon we, we might start bringing a caller in uh, and give away a prize here to see if people, if people can guess. If these are real tales from Johnson County or just made up tales from Johnson County, I assume I, like I assume that that was Arnold Schwarzenegger saying "I'll be back" as the Terminator and not that actual was. audio of Elton Eugene Bryant. That's right. And can you uh, figure out where the first audio comes from? The chanting. No, I have no idea what that was. Ah, all right. That was from uh, Monty Python's Holy Grail. <laughs> I should have known that one. I probably could have guessed that one by context. <laughs> all right, boys. We'll catch you later. Weather moose. Climb down that pole, be safe, and we'll talk to you Friday with the Joko tailgate weather report for week one. You've been listening to the best of Sports Channel 8, the radio show podcast. Don't forget there are many ways you can listen to this podcast, including streaming at WRALsportsfan.com, the WRAL Sports Fan app. And you can also subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, and TuneIn. This podcast also drops every weekday at noon. Thanks again for listening to the best of Sports Channel 8, the radio show podcast.